say the independent auto companies contributed most to the automobiles that we drive today? Well, they each had innovations of their own sort. Some of the lesser expensive independents brought maybe style and forced the big three to, to uh, think about streamlining or new innovations as years went by. Packard was particularly known for solid engineering, great reliability, and they were an excellent engine builder. So they built motors that really advanced the technology of, of motors and automobiles today. They built V-12 engines that were used in World War I airplanes, in the PT boats of World War II, and in the uh, Mustang airplane of World War II. So they've always been known for their fine engines. Perhaps we can start chronologically, and you can pick out some of the cars that you like that represent perhaps certain eras in car manufacturing. Would that be possible? Certainly, and, and we have all eras represented here because I think the fun part of our museum, we're not a huge museum, we can't compete with some of the biggest in California, but we have a diverse experience. So we have cars from every era and every style because we have 30 different collectors that bring cars here. And they all have different interests and different favorites. Whereas most museums are a focused collection based on the interests of that collector. So here we start with a 1903 Oldsmobile, which is our oldest car. And it's a curved dash Oldsmobile. That, not that particular Oldsmobile, but a 1903 Oldsmobile just like that was one of the first three cars to drive all the way across country. 1903 was the first year that you could drive from San Francisco to New York, and three automobiles did make it. And the granddaughter of one of the men that rode in that car is the present owner of this car. Could you describe this 1903 Oldsmobile? Well, since it's one of the first automobiles, one of the first American automobiles, certainly, it looks more like a, what we'd call a sleigh, because I come from snow country in Minnesota. And it looks like a one-horse sleigh, so you're listeners could envision that. That's when they say a curved dash. It doesn't look like a dash. It looks like the front curve of a sleigh where you put your feet. And you're sitting up in a little buggy seat and uh, you have no steering wheel. It has a tiller to push back and forth for left and right. There's no cover. It's all open air. And it's all open air, which made it quite a drive across country in 1903. How long did it take them? I have it written down here someplace. It took 73 days. We have a little sign in front of every car to help people understand each automobile. Not in great detail, but some of the salient points. The museum is really open. I can walk right over here and get really close and see what is in there and look underneath and see what the mechanisms are. The vehicles are not behind glass. That's great. That's one of the things that sets us apart. Like I said, to compete with the big museums, we did things a little differently. We have the cars are accessible so people can walk right up and look in a window. They can walk all the way around the car and get a close look. And then we're showing cars that would not be seen at other museums too. Oh, the next one. I bet this is one of your favorites because it's a Packard it's and it has Packard. a very special sign. And we have this role we call Packard Roll where we kind of put them in chronologic order so people can see a little bit of the history of Packard Motor. This one starts with 1927 and we basically extend from there down to 1958, which I said earlier was the last year of Packard. Can you fill in the gap between 1903 and 1927? There's a big difference in those cars, and that's not very many years. What was happening? Where were the minds of the engineers and the designers that were making these cars? They really made great progress from 1903 
to this 1927. A lot of progress was made, especially in the early era of motoring. The engineers were thinking every day to make something better, and they made great advances. And it's somewhat surprising when you see a good car from the late 1920s to 1930s. We've had great advances since then, but in the last 70 years, there's not been that much improvement. People are always amazed to see my 1934 Packard, which you might get to, which has power brakes, power-assisted clutch, ride control to adjust for stiffness and softness of the suspension. I don't have that in my car. Well, you, you should <laughs> buy an old car then. <laughs> and it has headlamps that turn left and right when you turn your steering left and right, which is just in the new, very expensive cars nowadays. Well, the big advance was made, as you said, from maybe 1895 until 1925, something like that, where engineers are making dr drastic changes every year. And I wish we had more cars to fill in that gap for people to see, but many of those cars are very expensive. They do exist. They do exist. It's